What's up, guys? Max here, back with another episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. I hope you're all doing great wherever you are. It's Tuesday out here in Okinawa, Japan. What's up, Philip, in the chat, popping up with the green name because he's a channel member. Memberships are open for business. Chris from Veteran Influencers, first today. Angie, Game Hopes, Nuggets, Linus, Earl, everybody, welcome to the chat. If you're listening and haven't chimed in in the chat yet, I want to welcome you too. We have an exciting episode for you guys. Justin just chimed in. What's up, Justin? Welcome to the show. I hope you guys enjoyed what we had for yesterday's show. I had a good time making it. I, I, I didn't, I, I don't know. I, I wanted to start today's show with a throwback to September of 2020, where I did a video, this whole COVID thing, COVID origins coming back into the news. I had a video in September of 2020 about the Yan report, the Dr. Yan report. COVID is a weapon. You can find that video on my channel where she released a report that was overall not publicized a lot about how she believes that the COVID was out of a lab, out of the lab in Wuhan, all this stuff. And I covered that story and it got a lot of hate. It didn't get a lot of attention, all this stuff. Now I turn on the news this morning, CNN reporting, there is a, a chance, can't be ruled out that COVID did come from the lab in Wuhan. I just think it's, the news is so crazy. The news is so frustrating. I was so mad at it earlier of flip-flopping stories and changing when I think that the position we should all be in is anything's possible and not to hate each other for whatever considering options is my only point here. So that video is up on the channel. You can go back and watch that. But now Dr. Fauci, all this stuff about COVID that maybe it did come from that lab in Wuhan. Who knows? Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it was accidental. But what CNN reported this morning was in November 2019, two or three employees from that lab were hospitalized with a mysterious illness, and then the outbreak started. So that's all. That's all I saw. I just want to let you guys know. So a little rant this morning. Saw that on CNN, and I just thought I would share it for what it's worth. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, you can go back and watch the video I did on the Dr. Yon report on my channel. It is what it is. Let's see. Nugget says, news got me mad. Game Hope says, to be honest, it wouldn't shock me. I consider that all the time. Yeah, hey, you know what? I think that what we need to focus on is transparency from the beginning. You know what I mean? B- people being honest and open to ideas. Maybe that would have helped save a lot of people. Who knows? Instead of throwing so much hate around, maybe we should throw out some understanding and open-mindedness. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. But we have an interesting show today. We do have an interesting show today about some stories out of the Army, some stories out of the Marine Corps, some stories out of the Coast Guard, some stories out of the Canadian military. And I want to thank Justin for sending this this article to me because I ended up seeing it somewhere else, but the one that I got from Justin in the chat is better. So I'm glad I'm going to get to share that with you guys. Will we game today is a great question that I know some of you guys are going to have. And the answer is maybe. I've been really busy working on that project, the top secret project. Tomorrow and Thursday, my time. So tomorrow, Tuesday and Wednesday, United States time. I will probably not be doing a live show. Probably, maybe we'll be doing gaming, but probably not be doing a live show because I will be working on that project. It is almost done and editing has started. So there's a lot going on here. Jack Lit, Jack Lit with a $3 super chat. Thank you very much. Rocking the, what am I looking at here? Is that a cow? First of all, uh, Jack Lit, welcome to the chat. And then what am I looking at here? Uh, a cow rocking out, air guitar maybe. I love it. Whatever I'm seeing, I love it. Space Dog, what's up? Chris, what's up? Welcome to the chat. So we have 
by the way, any questions you guys have for me, throw them in the chat. I'll answer them. I love I loved getting the questions. Jacqueline, I really appreciate that. That's awesome. Incredible. Um, any questions you guys have, throw them in the chat. Let's get to the first story of today. The Army announces the first female command sergeant major for the 101st Airborne. And it's kind of an interesting story. There's not a lot to go over here, but I do love whenever I get a chance to highlight the first female anything, especially when there's kind of a good career backing it up. So you see here the picture of command sergeant major Veronica Knapp, who will be going through her change of command ceremony on Thursday of this week. The story goes, the first woman to become Command Sergeant Major of a U.S. Army Division will step into that role this week in Kentucky. Command Sergeant Major Veronica Knapp will assume the responsibility as the Senior Enlisted Advisor of the 101st Airborne from Command Sergeant Major Brian Barker. She will be the first female Command Sergeant Major of the 101st Airborne, and we should remember here for a second before we go any further what the role of a Command Sergeant Major is. This would be like a command master chief in the Navy or a chief master sergeant, command chief master sergeant in the Air Force. They are senior enlisted advisors. They are the liaison between the enlisted and the wardroom for the command. They represent the interests of the enlisted soldier on behalf of the command. They are not the necessarily the subject matter expert on even the job that that command is doing. They are not necessarily the warfighter in the command. They are the senior enlisted advisor representing the interests of the enlisted personnel to the command. In the Navy, especially, for example, you could be a command sergeant major. I'm sorry, in the Navy, you can't be a command sergeant major. In the Navy, you could be a command master chief of a ship and never been stationed on a ship before. Okay. You go to command master chief school, you get command master chief as a rate, as a job or command sergeant major, and you go do that job at any command. But it's even better here because command sergeant major Veronica Knapp will assume the role from Brian Barker. The ceremony will take place Thursday at Fort Campbell to 101st said command sergeant major Knapp is the first leader in this historic division to have led both men and women at every level because she was a team leader and a squad leader all the way through Brigade Command Sergeant Major, said Lieutenant Colonel Kerry McEwen, Division Public Affairs Officer. And a ceremony will be live streamed on the Division Facebook page and there's a link in this article uh, covering it. I hope this, I just saw Nugget said the stream, did the stream stop? I hope the stream did not stop. Let me get a radio check out there. Can I get a radio check from you guys if the stream is still going? Let me know. Let me know if anybody's out there. Uh-oh, let's see, let me refresh the page. Let's see. It stopped for me. Raju, what's up? Welcome to the chat. Never mind. It's fine. Refresh. Uh-oh. I hope it's fine. I'm refreshing my page right now. If you guys are hearing me, I'm refreshing my page. It did for me. I had to refresh. Danger Zone, what's up? Welcome to the chat. Just a little slow. Okay. I refreshed my page. I hope you guys are hearing me okay. I hope it's not too slow. I don't know what the deal is. It's another bad weather day out here in Okinawa. It booted me, but I re-clicked it. Yeah, it's fine. Refresh, but it's okay. All right, guys. Sorry about that. You know, live show, live streaming complicated stuff, subject to error for sure. And as always, it seems like bad weather adds on to that. And there is bad weather out here in Okinawa today. looks like it might pour pretty hard sometime soon. So keep an eye on it. So thanks everybody for being here today and dealing with that. By the way, what's up Raju and Danger Zone for chiming in with the refresh on the screen. Got you loud and clear. I can see fine. Okay, cool. Good to go. I appreciate that. Thank you guys. There's, you know, Konnichiwa. What's up, Edward? Welcome to the chat. How are you guys all doing this week? Did I, did I tell you guys I, I watched Army of the Dead and it was a terrible movie? Did I tell you guys that? 
Watched Army of the Dead this weekend. Absolutely horrible movie. Very good. Sounds like she earned it. I think she earned it, Philip. I think she's probably the right person for the job. Any person, male or female, can be a great command sergeant majors. Like they can be a great command master chief in the Navy. Gender does not matter. Even job experience does not matter. When you become a human resources person, a people manager, that's what matters. Damn you, Weather Nugget says. But yeah, I'm really glad she got the role. That's amazing to hear. Yes, good for her. First female leader, command sergeant major in the 101st. That's pretty cool. Um, have you guys seen any good movies lately? I saw Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead was not good. I mean, it started good. Started out strong. But the plot had so many holes in it. It was just not good. Honestly, it was just bad. Just not good. Couldn't get over the lack of coherency in the plot. It was just totally insanely didn't make any sense. Uh, no part of it made any sense. So it was entertaining. The zombie stuff was okay. I'll say that. The zombie stuff was okay, but the plot made no sense. That's my main complaint. It was completely unfollowable and uh, un uh, borderline unwatchable with the nonsense of the plot. So I'll just leave it at that. If you guys were looking for Army of the Dead, I watched it on Netflix. It was streaming on Netflix. So it was, uh, I, I did get, I got through it, you know, I got through it, but I, I wasn't that into it. So, man, this next story is kind of crazy, kind of crazy and kind of sad. Kind of crazy, kind of sad, kind of leaves me with more questions than I have answers in this article. Let's jump over here. Two Marines run over by truck while camping in North Carolina, police say. Two Marines are seriously injured after officials say they were run over while camping in eastern North Carolina. The man and woman who are stationed at Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point were in a tent in Cro Croatin, 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 Croatan National Forest late Friday night when a truck ran them over, Major David McFadden said with the Craven County Sheriff's Office, WNCT. The two were taken to Vidant. Why is every word in this article is impossible to say? What's up with this article? Is this North Carolina or Northern Europe? The two were taken to Vidant Medical Center in Greenville with serious injuries. Mick Fadian told WCTI they are expected to survive. The driver, who's officially says is stationed at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune, drove off after hitting the tent. Drove off a hit and run. The vehicle was later found and the suspect was apprehended at Camp Lejeune and taken to Craven County Sheriff's Office for further questioning. The Craven County Sheriff's Office, North Carolina State Highway Patrol and NCIS are investigating and no further information was available Sunday. Croton National Forest is near New Bern, about 135 miles from Raleigh. This is going to be a tough case for the police. Of course, normally they have to prove intent. But in this case, it was all intent. Didn't. Hang on. Another one. Oh, wait, that's not what I wanted. Uh, I just, I thought that was a laugh track and it was like spooky music instead. I need to update the labels on my soundboard over here. Okay, so... I hope you guys enjoyed that joke. Maybe it was not appropriate considering the story, but they are expected to survive. But could you imagine, hang on, let me try, pull back over here. Could you imagine chilling in a tent? You're out camping, it's late at night, and you get ran over by a truck? I mean, I'm just trying to think of, like you'd be wrapped up in the tent, the tent poles would collapse. Now you're wrapped up in the tent. You're probably tangled up with the person that you're in there with. Now you have to find the zipper of the tent or cut your way out. That sounds like a horrible experience. I feel terrible for them. Nugget says, I got through it. Best review ever. Haven't watched movies lately, but I haven't watched Jimmy Smacks. I don't know what that is. Uh, 
once again, don't leave Okinawa. Agreed. I love Nick Frost and Simon Pegg on screen. What a great movie. Oh, I guess, is that what Jimmy Smacks is? Let's see. Are they alive? How bad is it? Hope it's not too bad. Yes, apparently they are alive. It's a test. Justin says, yeah, maybe. Mortal Kombat and Kalishnikov in the first ever movie about the designer of the AK-47. Huh? The Kal- and Kalishnikov is the movie? Bro, people with massive trucks do not deserve to drive them. That coward ran and didn't think to help. So probably what happened is he was drunk. I bet it was a drunk driver, probably out, you know, cutting up the back roads, ran over these people, drove it back so he wouldn't have to get the DUI, and then got arrested for just hit and run, which is still pretty bad. Did watch some Indonesian movie and their beautiful and Filipino movie. Which movie? Blooper, haha. Uh, it's all good, Max. We all fumble. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Less expected than being in a tent and being attacked by a bear. Oh, crazy. That would be terrible. Shaun of the Dead movie. I was talking, oh, yeah, Shaun of the Dead is great. Thankfully, they are alive at least. Yes. Thankfully, they are alive, but just kind of crazy. It's kind of horrible. Like, every hit and run. But I was thinking, like, when, when I was thinking about this story, I was thinking, like, where could their tent have been that the truck could have also been there? Like, if you guys have been camping... And setting up a tent, you usually set it up off the trail, you know, usually around some trees, somewhere you can have a fire pit, somewhere you can be safe away from wildlife. I just wonder, where could the tent have been that the truck was also there? Like, why was the tent so close to the road? Was it one of those places where you back your car up right to the campsite? Like, have you guys been to those places? Like, you drive in, you back your car up, you open the trunk, you set the tent up right there, you cook, you have a good time. The next day you pack up the tent, you throw it back in the car and you drive away. Maybe it was one of those places. I've got more. I, I, there's more that I wonder about this, you know, to understand kind of, uh, the hard words. Yes, I got, I got you. The hard words was a test in reference to the words. The Indonesian movie I was watching was the sinking of Vanderwick and Sukumo, the Indonesian president. True story. Oh, cool. Linus says unlucky. Yeah. Unlucky or, or how far off the path was that truck? I mean, it had to have been really, really off, off the mark. It's like usually off trail around some bushes, trees, et cetera. Very strange. But hey, who knows where that drunk man was headed? Yeah. I, I wonder if the drunk driver had to avoid a bunch of trees to even get to them. So, Edward, thank you for the recommendation. I'll try to check that out. I'll try to check out a preview for that. So, we've got another. We don't have that much today, honestly. So, today might be an early show. I always say that. It never ends up being an early show. But today might be an early show. So we've got a, a task and purpose article about a hometown hero here, which I love. These are always, it's, it, it's, it, there's a story, it happens a lot, it seems to happen to a lot of people. It's always kind of similar and it goes like this. Coast Guardsman helped pick up a flaming car with his bare hands and drag three people to safety. Now, I don't think that this is necessarily a common story, but a vehicle rollover where military happens to be right there to help is always a good hometown hero story. So here goes, let's see, it looks like Petty Officer Britain with the U.S. Coast Guard. He's got some kind of warfare pin uh, stationed at Morrow Bay, apparently, according to his cover, stationed at Morrow Bay, which is in like the Los Angeles, like northern Los Angeles area. It says, when an off-duty Coast Guardsman witnessed a car crash on Highway 101 along the California coast, he didn't hesitate before springing into action. This happened on July 5th, 2020, almost a year ago. 
BM3 Gerard Britton saw a car lose control while traveling north along the highway and crash on the road. Highway 101, definitely lots of places you can crash. People drive recklessly on there. People are going all crazy. Highway 1, Highway 101, very scenic, very nice routes, but people do get a little crazy. So the car flips, the vehicle came to a stop on its roof with three men trapped inside, and then it began to catch fire. So absolute worst case scenario, you've got a car upside down, people trapped inside, and the car's on fire. But without hesitation, this petty officer jumped into action. According to a citation for the Coast Guard Accommodation Medal, Britain reacted immediately, quickly pulled over, called 911. By the way, always the first thing you should do when you get on scene is make sure you've called for help or that you've identified somebody to call for help. Just like when you're doing CPR, what's the first thing? Call 911 and get an AED. Call 911 and get an AED, right? First step of CPR, you should always sound the alarm of uh, sound the alarm of getting more help. So that way help is on the way. So that way if something happens to you, at least you've alerted somebody else. Justin says, Morrow Bay is just west of San Luis Obispo, southwest of Paso Robles. Yes, I know the area very well. For anybody who doesn't know California very well, just think it is north of Los, just north of Los Angeles, like north of Los Angeles County along the coast, somewhere about halfway in between Los Angeles and San Francisco. So let's see, but it's not, it's not in Los Angeles. It's north of Los Angeles. I think it is San Luis Obispo County, right? So let's see, where are we at? He quickly pulled over, called 911, and then without pause or consideration for his own safety, he ran to help with the aid of a bystander. They flipped at the car from its roof to its side uh, by hand. They flipped this car over to two of them. That's that superhuman adrenaline strength, the kind that gets you to flip a car over. I've always wanted to flip a car over. It'd always be cool, right? You flip a car, look badass, right? You lift up a car, save somebody underneath, it'd definitely be badass. Let's see. Like they say, the award makes no mention of any equipment they use. Presumably, they just did it by hand, muscled through it. Once the car was on its side, still lightly smoldering, Britain had just enough room to begin pulling the trapped occupants out, one of whom was incapacitated and had to be pulled through a broken window. Britain was able to get all three free from the burning wreck mere seconds before the car was fully engulfed in flames. So we're talking about a real threat here, a real danger of this car being fully engulfed in flames. Knowing they were still in danger, Britain pulled the unconscious man to safety, dragging him away from the flames, which had now engulfed the bushes and grass nearby. So now the fire is spreading. Now they're at this point, they're getting surrounded by fire and they have three injured personnel, one incapacitated. They waited for emergency responders. Britain did his best to keep the injured man alive, performing CPR. So he's already exhausted physically. His adrenaline is peaked. And then he has to do CPR and attempting to stop the bleeding from the crash victim's severe injuries, probably using a combination of direct pressure, maybe some makeshift tourniquets and accompanying social media posts from the service do not make clear if the injured man survived the ordeal. I hope he did. Britain was recently recognized for his actions and presented the Coast Guard Commendation Medal, which is quite a high medal as far as getting it at that rank goes. A commendation medal is not common for people who are E4 and below. So he has been recognized highly by the Coast Guard for his actions. Good for him. Bravo Zulu, Petty Officer Britain, BM3. Now, will that help him make rank at all? Not likely. He will probably not make rank any quicker because of this. But at least he gets to have a little bit of chest candy and know that he did something good, which is the most important thing of all. And I hope that the three injured people survived and made it out okay. So what's going on here in the chat? Let's see. Hiram, what's up? Soon, Max, I'll upload a video that will show just everyone how know how to make their own extremely cheap, homemade, effective steps in Seattle. Oh, that sounds awesome. Make sure you share a link in here when it's done. Maybe drunk driver was taking a shortcut on the way home. I hope there was no drunk driver. That's always a bummer. 
Let's see. What was your first time flying a drone like? Odd question. Ooh, I crashed it, I believe. So my first time flying a drone, I do believe I crashed it. This was in training. As a matter of fact, in Paso Robles, speaking of Paso Robles, my first time flying a drone, I crashed it and it was embarrassing. I crashed into a tree. I had to climb the tree and get it out. So that was my very first time. Um, let's see. The Hulk. Yes, he hulked out. Great story. Three people, damn, racking up save peeps. Morrow Bay is just, yep. So upside down, three men on fire and this man knew he had to step into action. Yep. Assess the scene. Agree. Great advice. and glad to hear you contributed directly to sa- saving lives. US 101, like Port Wyneme, Oxnard, and where CBs are at. That's right. So the CBs are in Port Wyneme, Oxnard area. Uh, very fun area. Been up there a couple times with the Navy. Port Wyneme is somewhere that I'm sort of familiar with because I went there twice, once in 09 for my individual augmentee deployment, and then once in 2013 to do some training uh, out there on the on the water. Let's see. All right, hold my beer and flip this damn car. I hope you hope he didn't have a beer while he was driving. Seconds in the nick of time. Okay, all three of them owe him a beer, maybe two. Yes, probably. I wish they would make a movie designer of the M16 named Eugene Stoner. Yes, the Stoner. What's up, Eric? Welcome to the chat. Nice to have you here. So we only have one more normal story today, but it might be a little bit fun. Uh, let's see. So speaking of that, so Nugget said, "What was my first time flying a drone like?" Um, it was pretty scary. Because I don't know if you've ever been through this type of training where you get a little bit of, of, of academic training and then they're like, just do it. You know, there you go. Just do it. Now, now you got it. Like you were putting you in the hot seat right away. Military training is like that a lot, especially in the uh, special warfare side. They'll just be like, here, now you just go. We know you're barely trained or maybe not at all, but just, we just want to see how you do under pressure. So very first time flying it, very little training flying it, tried to land it, and I crashed into a tree. By the way, not uncommon for a first time. By the end of that training, I was doing quite well at it, if I do say so myself. And I went on to become an instructor. I went on to become an instructor of that platform. Let's see. Nugget says, favorite place you've been deployed? Um, Afghanistan. Favorite place I've been deployed is Afghanistan. A car fire can reach a good 2,000 Fahrenheit or more. This is scary. You'd be surprised. Oh, yes. If you've ever been around some serious fire, like not a, not a campfire. Although if you've been around that, it's bad enough. But if you've been around a real fire, you know, fuel, metal, it gets really hot. My thoughts on active valor. Edward, let me ask you a question first. Did you see my breakdown of the, all the drone scenes in movies that I just published over the weekend? I thought active valor was a good movie, honestly. Also, I didn't talk about this in that video, but I've worked with most of the guys who, were, who started in that movie in some capacity or another. And they were all great. They're all great guys. So I think Active Hour was a great movie. The people who starred in that movie, I thought they did a great job for not being actors and frankly, probably not even wanting to do it. Hell yeah, he says, I like it. So they probably didn't even want to do it. They probably sort of begrudgingly were like, okay, we'll do it. Somebody's got to do it. They were still doing their job in the Navy while they were doing it too deploying and training and workups and all this. And then they shot that movie. I think all, all that considered, they did a great job. I thought that movie was pretty cool. I liked it. I gave it, you know, a high, high marks as far as being an entertaining military movie goes. And yeah, good for those guys. The most unrealistic thing about that movie, which I hate to say, cause it's borderline GI Jane ish in, in, in context is that 
one SEAL platoon from a regular SEAL team on the West Coast who goes on deployment would not be flying all around the world taking on all of these individual missions. It would be a lot of different units doing a lot of different things, all, you know, quickly responding to each of these individual events, not one group of six people who has to save the entire world. They have to split up, go to Africa, the Middle East, Mexico, you name it, on a ship. Uh, it, just like in, in GI, and what I mean by GI Jane, the context there is at the end of GI Jane, the Master Chief gets a call and they're like, Master Chief, the only people to save the world are your bud students. Nobody else is available. Nobody from the army, air force, Marine Corps, or another SEAL platoon can possibly help. Only you and your bud students are in the right place at the right time to stop this terrorist attack from happening. Are they ready for the mission? And he was like, they're ready. They're ready. We got this totally unrealistic. And that's the only really unrealistic thing about active valor. But I understand they couldn't get 50, 60 seals to act in the movie. So they want to keep the plot consistent or else it would be feature too many characters. So they just had those guys doing everything and overall not bad at all. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Last time I had an encounter with a fire, not a serious one. I felt a rush of power, not adrenaline, but I don't know what it was. Got my brother's ass out of bed, like a drill sergeant. Uh, only thing damaged was a door. That's great, dude. In the apartment above. That's great. Good job. Good job acting. Main thing to do is stay calm and think and assess the situation like Justin said before. Do a Navy SEAL fight with the cartel-like act of valor? Um, I don't know about that. To this day, there's a smolder burn mark on my front lawn because someone got high while making mac and cheese. Speaking of that, a lot of military movies seem to do that. It's true. They just can't have too many characters, right? You can't have 400 characters in a movie, which is how many it takes to deploy a, a unit. So you're not going to have the, the same people are going to be the pilots and the shooters and the Intel guy and everything like that. So it's just how it works. And it's just movie magic. You got to forgive some stuff. It's just because you've been in the military doesn't mean you get to hate every military movie for every inconsistency or fact they get wrong. You got to let some of that stuff go and understand it's just part of the movie making process. Coast Guard fights the cartels when you think of it. They do. 100%. Nuggets. They do. 100%. Maybe that's why they're in the Department of Homeland Security and not the DOD. So that their, their um, jurisdiction can be a little bit broader with that kind of stuff. Maybe that's the whole point. Speaking of getting high. Speaking of getting high. Getting stoned. Making mac and cheese. You know who wanted some mac and cheese? You know who wanted to get stoned and make mac and cheese? I'll tell you right now. Baked on the range, Canadian soldiers allegedly served weed cupcakes to her unit. A soldier in the Canadian army put the devil's lettuce, some of that dank herb into a batch of cupcakes and gave them to her unit to get everybody high. And this story is bonkers. Talk about live fire training. The article says from the military times, a Canadian bombardier faces 18 charges for allegedly serving marijuana lace cupcakes to our artillery unit in 2018 while working at the canteen. The canteen being like the gidunk, the snack shop, stuff like that. Let me say really quick before we go any further on this. I've worked with Canadian military overseas in Iraq and Afghanistan. The Canadian military is great. They work alongside us, part of NATO, and they deploy downrange, all that. They're allies with the United States. So just so you guys know that little factoid. The soldier Chelsea Cogswell will stand trial 
stand trial after reports that she fed the tasty treats to West WW Battery, not West W Battery, at the Royal Canadian Artillery School on July 21st, 2018 in New Brunswick, Canada, in advance of live fire training, according to court documents. Those documents add that nearly every soldier who ingested one of Cogwell's cupcakes got baked, essentially. They experienced dry mouth, confusion, paranoia, and fatigue, all classic symptoms of being stoned. They were also unable to properly handle equipment, in particular, safe weapons and explosive handling drills. Wow. I mean, if you think about it, she put lives at risk by getting people high without them knowing before giving them, before the military gave them weapons and explosives. Not good, not smart. This is very serious. It'd be like if you accidentally got wasted and then started playing with guns. More likely to make a mistake, more likely to trip, more likely to act crazy. All members of, so they got uh, dehydration, overheating, fatigue, confusion, dry mouth, paranoia. That afternoon, the affected members were treated by a medical technician and the military police were called. You know what I couldn't help but think when I was reading this article? Was someone had to be the person who was like, oh, I think we're high. But I can't tell them because they don't know I've been high before. So everyone had to go like, I don't know what's happening, chief. I've, I've never, I don't know. I've never, I've never felt like this. I, uh, uh, it's so strange. Maybe it's too much sugar. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's the, maybe it's the sun is too hot. I don't know what it could be. This feeling is so far into, I mean, has, have any of you guys ever experienced anything like this? No, no, we don't, no, never felt like this before. And then somebody goes, I think it's weed. No, stop it. No, no, what? How could this be? No, it cannot be marijuana. We would not have that. So somebody out there had to lie with a straight face and be like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you what this is. It's a mystery to me. A review of our court-martial records indicate that this is the first time a member has faced a court-martial for allegedly administering cannabis to colleagues without their consent. Cogwell remains in the Canadian Armed Forces and is presumed innocent until proven guilty. The court-martial is scheduled to begin in New Brunswick in August. So, so we got, let's think about this for a second. The real, the real crime here is, hold on one second, is basically slipping a roofie to people, right? Drugging them without their consent. And then at the worst possible time, because then you give them weapons and tell them to go fire weapons and they don't know they're about to get stoned. What if somebody was like today, you know what? I'm going to binge like four cupcakes. And I'll tell you guys what, let me, let me, let me read the comments really quick before we get into this. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, Canada really? Yes. Right. Pot and guns mixed let alone, you know what happens with mac and cheese and pot. Allegedly, Justin says, always important to remember, no wonder they're so no wonder they're so friendly up there in Canada. 18 charges for nothing burger. I definitely don't think that this is nothing. Um, Hitchens, I definitely think this is a horrible thing to do to somebody. Damn, edibles. Yep. And you know how those edibles hit, or you guys probably don't, but they hit different. We don't need to know the side effects. They eye. Bro, she got uh, already team high, the worst type of unit to get high. Two more meters to the left, chaos. <laughs> Trust me, no one was hurt in the incident. That's fine if nobody was hurt. I still think this is a horrible thing to do. Ayo, this edible ain't, whoa, man. Jesse P, ha, 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 oh, Canada, oh, Canada. Stop legalizing marijuana, Canada. 
I, I, I fully support legalizing marijuana, by the way, 100%. Bro, last time I got the Jane when I was like 13, I was wild in the wrong place when I was young. That's pretty young. That's pretty young. Free the homie. Pot is one hell of a drug. Bro, the cupcake bin, binger. <laughs> uh, it's legal in Canada, so they probably weren't too scared of suggesting they're high. But just like in the United States, Raju, just like in the United States, it might be legal in the country, but is it legal in the military? Actually, let's look that up. Let's look that up. I bet they were strapped to a rocket. No one picked up a gun, let alone the ruck. Oh, I know how they hit. They were on the floor like six hours. Let's see. Is, let's see. F the legalized marijuana Canada. You should have known better. Can, let's see. Canadian, can Canadian military, it's the first, first Google search that pops up. In early September, 2018, the Canadian government released a directive stating that service members will be allowed to use cannabis following legalization in October, but with restrictions on use on the individual's duties. Wait a second. Wait a second. Regal says, I call BS. If there was enough weed in them to get you high, they would taste like crap. Knowing pot restrictions with Max. Yes. Especially if they ate a bunch of cupcakes. Nobody ate just one. Don't do it, kids. Let's see. Oh, yeah, I forgot about military regs. But we're reading right here. Speaking with CBC Canada in January 2018 this is from Wikipedia. Military personnel Lieutenant General Chuck Lamar stated that it was too soon to know if there will be a limits on military use of cannabis in response to the question. In early September 2018, the Canadian government released a directive stating that service members will be allowed to use cannabis following legalization in October of 2018, but with restrictions on use, depending on the individual's duties, part of the new regulations, service members may use cannabis, but must cease usage eight hours prior to duty, 24 hours prior to duty, anyone operating a weapon or vehicle. So that's relevant here. 28 days before duty, members involved in high risk activities, such as high altitude parachuting, operating in a hyperbaric environment and serving on military aircraft while away on domestic or foreign operations include includes class B and C for reservists. So you can get high in the Canadian military. You just have to stop using it eight hours prior. Um, let me tell you guys a story. I tried marijuana after I got out of the Navy. In California, it's legal. You can buy it at the store. And I did it once and I did too much of an edible and I went and lost my mind. I went totally insane. So that's a, that whole story is a story for another day. But I can tell you this, I never want to feel that way again in my life. Never again. I fully support the legalization of marijuana, especially for veterans to use it to treat anxiety, PTSD, depression, et cetera. But there is such a thing as too much, especially with an edible, it can hit you really quickly. So you definitely 100% uh, can get in trouble with that. You can get hurt. You can definitely get injured being too high and just like doing crazy stuff. And obviously, obviously I don't think anybody would dispute that you can get too high and do things that can get you hurt. Okay. I don't think anybody would dispute that here. The problem is they didn't choose to do it. First of all, 24, 24 hours before using a weapon is what it says, but they, they did it minutes before using a weapon and then they went out there and actually participated in high-risk activities with having been snuck weed. So, yes, I think that person does deserve to get into trouble for sure. Let's see. 
Still love the military and one of my high school friends, Sports Canada. They're working on making some CBD available to active duty, but it might be a while. Well, I hope that that happens soon. I concur that edibles taste different than regular cupcakes. First search, every Canada unit was freaking out from when they could already smoke pot. I disagree with you. You can make edibles with isolate and you'll never taste it. Yeah, I think that you can that you can have good tasting ones. Not that I would know from experience. Not that I have that much experience. But I think you have good tasting ones. So you can smoke dupes. Canada's after having them treats. Ayo, why does cupcake taste more cupcake than usual? 28 days is kind of extreme. Raju, the only thing I can think about 28 days is if there was some kind of incident, right? While doing these high-risk activities, the only way that you would drug test negative is if you had the time to let it get out of your system. So to, the only way to prove that you 100% did not have drugs in your system, that there was some kind of incident during high-risk activities would be a negative drug test. And that's probably only possible after 28 days. That's probably why they did that. Let's see. Bro, have you heard this? Uh, sounds like muscle relaxers and uh, dying six hours before brief. Bro, have you heard the story of who never ate pop before first time, ate a lethal amount of 400 milligrams? No, I've never heard that. But that was kind of like me that one time. Lost my mind plenty on it once last year and I thought there was a demon hunting me. It wasn't pleasant, honestly. Smoking, different story. Eating through food, no way. Definitely, he wasn't in the army, still funny. Not, me, not for me. Really, I just didn't know California legalized weed. A lot of states have. For me, not touching it again, especially when I plan on joining the USMC, that's a good call for sure. Justin, that's because edibles being digested through the stomach and the liver convert Delta 9 THC into 11 hyperoxithic, which is way more intoxicating than Delta 9. I hope I didn't butcher those that hyperoxithic. Good for you. Been drug-free two years. Never looked back. Flying, not dying. Yeah, you can't just get high and uh, do anything. You can't just get really high and do anything as good as you could sober. Just, I mean, there's no disputing it. So, and then even if you smoke a lot, there's too much for everybody. And if you don't see it coming because they snuck it on you, that's even worse. By the way, guys, I want to remind you that memberships are now open right below the video. You can click join and become a monthly contributor. You get a special color for your name. So I know that you're a member. You get special icons next to your name, rewards for being a member for a certain amount of time. You get a discount on the store. So that discount is for life. As long as you remember, you get that discount to the online store. So if you haven't already checked below the video for the join button and become a member of this channel and show that support that way, I do lots of things better when high. Yes, but everybody has a limit. Everybody has a too high, too high. And if you don't smoke, let's say you choose not to smoke. You just don't want to do it. It's not for you even if it's legal, and then somebody sneaks you marijuana and gets you high, well, that's a violation of your kind of ethics. You know what I mean? Chris says, I don't know, a stone combat photographer might come up with some cool photos. That might be true, actually. Philip says, join soon. Thanks, Philip. Absolutely. You see Philip's name comes up there in green with an icon next to his name because he's a member of the channel. Why get high when you could just mow the lawn? Hank Hill. <laughs> don't do drugs. It's not worth it except for those who have PTSD. I, I think it, I think it's okay. I think, uh, I think you could smoke weed. If you can smoke cigarettes, you can smoke weed. If you can drink alcohol, you can smoke weed. That's my personal opinion on it. And I respect everybody's personal opinion, but I think it's time to decriminalize and de-legislate marijuana. It's kind of ridiculous at this point. I mean, it's, it's effectively been legalized across the United States by legislation and lack of prosecution so why not just go ahead and federally legalize it? I don't understand what could possibly be the barrier to that. So hopefully that'll happen soon. 
Um, I get high working out. Yes, very true. I mean, that's a fact. You get those endorphins. It's just a fact in a matter. Here, here, Hitchin says, uh, yeah, absolutely. No, uh, Game Hope says, agreed. I smoke every day, so why not? Yeah. Pot, it's kind of a pleasure p- uh, poison, in my opinion. Good in some cases, bad in others. It can be bad. It can be bad, but it can be good. Totally agree, Chris says, because I'm a chemist for the cannabis industry. Justin's got the insider information, so we should listen to Justin. He's an expert. He actually has expertise. Got to respect that. Somebody's put in time, studied, become an expert, professional. I respect that. So, okay. So you guys know about memberships. You guys know about scuttlebuttshow.com and Patreon. If you guys want to become a patron, an elite patron on your second month of membership, I'm going to send you a free t-shirt. Can't beat that. That's it for today's show, guys. Like I said, there's not going to be a show tomorrow or Thursday. Going to be working on the top secret film, which I cannot wait to show you guys. It's not going to be super soon. It's going to be months still, but we've been working on this since January. It is a long-term big major project. I'm going to be working on it all day for the rest of today. So that's what I'll be doing. Feel free to hit me up on the discord. I'll leave the discord up while I'm working. Uh, That's linked in the description down below as well. If I get done early, I'll try to jump on some games for you guys, but no promises today. Might be able to get on some games tomorrow. I will probably try to do that and Thursday as well, but probably no regular live show. I'll be back Thursday, United States time, Friday, my time for a live show. We will be doing that. Okay. With all that being said, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the sport. I appreciate the super chats today. And I look forward to talking to you guys very, very soon. I'm out for now.